Hello and welcome to the Totally Insane Tape Show, episode two. I'm Boulamont. I'm Dino Peppers. Yes, we're back again to bring you more of cult movies in general. We've seen some clangers this week and we're looking forward to to, uh, to, to wanking and fluffing our lines. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Totally Insane Tape Show, the place where we talk about the hits, the shits, and most importantly, the tits of the movie world. I'm one half of this lean, mean, kung fu machine, Dino Peppers. I'm joined by the black belt bad boy. <laughs> that What a beautiful introduction, Dean, and thank you for, for, for blowing my clearly unscripted introduction out of the water. Yes, it's the Totally Insane Tape Show. Uh, we are here to bring you the very best in cult cinema, and this week we have seen some uh, some of the best and worst that movies have to offer, and we're looking forward to bringing it to you. This is episode two of the Totally Insane Tape Show. Uh, cross your fingers and hope with me that it's more Empire Strikes Back than Attack of the Clones. As suggested last week by myself, we're going to be checking out the exploitation kung fu epic Black Belt Jones. We're going to be discussing a couple of movies we saw this week, whether they be good or bad. And, uh, of course, the one that I've been looking forward to all week. We are going to review... <laughs> last week, Dino Pepper suggested to me a movie that I had never heard of. And by the end of that week, I had seen it not once, not twice, but thrice. And that is the 80s adventure epic, Jim Carter. It's the Totally Insane Tape Show. Meet Mitch Weaver. Hey, that's my shirt. In the game of life, he's losing his shirt. Ah! You're not fit to wear this shirt. Mitch can't hold a job. You're fired. You get a horse and live in the mountains someplace and don't bother anybody. Got a personality like a dead moth. Mitch is no good at relationships. I'm through wasting my life with you. Note to self, making love to blow up dolls, not as good as advertised. Mitch lacks people skills. Hey, that was really funny sticking the cops on us like that. I thought it was funny, but I'm surprised you guys did because uh, you got your asses kicked. I showed you the thing or two about dirty work. Okay, so Boo, later on we're going to discuss a couple of films. We'll find out which one's Kung Fu and which one's Kung Poo. Liked it. <laughs> but first, what have you been watching this week? Uh, this week, Dean, I have been fortunate enough to uh, to re-enter the magical world of Netflix. Uh, it's a plethora and, uh, and, and pure cornucopia of hidden gems. And um, as everyone knows, I obviously... Uh, I have a mistress uh, in the Milking It podcast, so I go off and do my my other podcast. And um, slap, I know. <clears throat> um, and uh, in that podcast, uh, myself, Mr. David Davis, like to talk at length about comedy. And uh, it's been mentioned a few times that I'm a huge fan of Saturday Night Live. Well, this week uh, on Netflix, I managed to find a film not only had I never heard of, but uh, contained nearly all my favourite uh, SNL Lumini. Uh, Illuminati even, and um, that film was a little-known comedy from 1998 called Dirty Work, starring Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang, and directed by Bob Saget. Um, absolutely loved it. Really, really funny movie. Very well scripted. Very, very interesting movie because it was one of the first screen appearances of Adam Sandler, who has a cameo as Satan, and also one of the very last screen appearances 
from one of my personal favourite comedians, Chris Farley. Uh, just a little bit about the movie. It stars Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang as two friends who um, they have to. It's it's a very buddy buddy comedy movie. Basically, uh, their dad or the dad, one of them gets ill, and they have to raise fifty thousand dollars to pay for his heart operation. Yes, cliched stuff, I know. They find that they. Uh, can earn money by opening a business where they get revenge on other people for other people for money and obviously chaos ensues high comedy abounds and just yeah a really really funny film highly recommended it got absolutely killed off when it was first released but it's gained a cult following and deservedly so so this is from like a saturday night live group it's got a lot of uh, saturday night live people it's got norm mcdonald it's uh, got chevy chase John Goodman, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley. Uh, yeah, just a really, really good... Um, yeah, lots of good cameos. Yeah, typically, those films don't do too well in the cinema or like ratings-wise. I mean, uh, how many good films have come from Saturday Night Live, really, that everyone loves and remembers? So, Wayne's World. Uh, is it Wayne's World Saturday Night Live, me, or is that someone else? Yeah, no, 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 absolutely correct. Wayne's World was a Saturday Night Live sketch. Um, I mean, there are Saturday... Look, okay, let's start at the beginning. The Blues Brothers... Yeah, it's a Saturday Night Live movie. Uh, Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. One of my personal favourites is The Ladies' Man. Uh, in fact, that's a film that we could discuss more at length uh, if we ever do more on comedy. Uh, Leon Phelps' The Ladies' Man um, is uh, one of my all-time favourite comedies. Uh, not 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 just because it's got Lando Calrissian in it either. Billy <laughs> uh, Williams as a, as a smooth-talking bar steward. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he's the narrator. But... um. Uh, back to back. I mean, Dirty Work was uh, it was meant to be a uh, film vehicle for Norm Macdonald, who I've always found really, really funny, and uh, it just just one of those like little hidden gems. As you said, there are a lot of SNL films that um, kind of get pushed to the side and deservedly so. Like uh, for example, uh, Coneheads with Dan Aykroyd and Jane Kurt, um Night at the Roxbury, although it was very popular, I, I didn't think that that was great. Uh, just so much has come from SNL. You've got Will Ferrell and. and no, there's still so much SNL influence going on, but this this was one of the... It's not an official SNL film. In fact, it was released in America a couple of weeks after he had been fired from SNL, so they were not allowed to mention the film or promote it in any way on Saturday Night Live. But as I said, it had a, had a lot of the SNL guys on it. But to, to digress, Dirty Work, 1998, really funny film, definitely worth checking down, and if you've got Netflix, it's there for you waiting. Cool. So go and grab that now. What have you seen, sir? Go on, tell, tell me some of your interesting movies this week. Well, I'm actually in the middle of uh, moving house and I'm to organise that stuff, so my time watching movies has been limited to the ones you recommended me last week and uh, a couple here and there, obviously, for the show. So I've delved into many movies and short movies online. I found a couple of sites with a couple of links to top short movies, short films you should be watching. There's actually one I saw a while back that was recommended. It's uh, called Long Branch. And it's just a really sh- simple film. It's a love story over the course of a journey home for a one-night stand. It's just a simple 10-minute movie. It's beautifully shot. And, yeah, that's available for free online on um, is it Vimeo. Vimeo, yeah. Um, is that a live-action movie or is that an animated movie? Um, so it's live-action. Oh, good. Um, stars Alex House, who's in Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. I'm not, not sure if you're I'm, familiar with that I'm show. aware of it, um, simply for your recommendation and uh, and for uh, the Monster Judas's recommendation, the wrestler in the UK who's a big fan of, of cult TV and of cinema and uh, has been yeah. featured on the Milking It podcast. Oh, Todd in the Book of Pure Evil is well, well worth checking out. They've got um, they've actually got an animated film coming out to finish that show off, which I'm looking forward was to that in a the kick, future. Was that a Kickstarter thing? 
Yeah, yeah that was Kickstarter. It's actually one I've donated to. So I should be getting the movie at some point next couple of years when they finish it. <laughs> so yeah, I've been watching like short movies. There's also another full length one I found on um, Netflix which was recommended to me just through the films you may like. And it's called We Are Legion. Again, uh, as, as I've recently got Netflix back, I have seen this one on my recommended movies. This is the one with all the uh, V for Vendetta masks on the front cover. Yeah, it's all about the uh, anonymous movement. It's very brief and one-sided history of the whole uh, anonymous movement. But it's enjoyable. It kind of helps dispel the whole idea that internet hackers and trolls are all basement dwellers with no lives who are just out to cause trouble. Obviously, like I say, it's one-sided, so it will go their side more than the guys that have have hacked sites for no reason. Yeah. They do touch upon that, but it's not widely shown. I'd like to see a documentary about, like, the trouble those guys have caused as well, just to sort of round it out a bit more. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm interested in seeing it. Um, I read a lot of um, of articles about... uh, I myself wouldn't even know where to begin with computer hacking and that kind of thing. I'm not very technically minded, but um, a lot of those anonymous guys... If, for example, I don't know whether they... I've not seen the film we're talking about. I don't know if they touched on it. But uh, there was a, a boy and he date-raped a girl and his name was kept anonymous because of uh, a court order or an injunction. So they, well, they, they went ahead and just found out who it was and just released all his details and name online anyway and, and kind of outed him. Yeah, because there's a lot of things with the media outlets. That don't, they've got the injunctions put on them, like, a, was it the Ryan Giggs story? Oh, and you could actually, yes. Yeah. I'm not saying what story it was, because they're not allowed to. It, it <laughs> certainly the... wouldn't have anything to do with adultery. Yeah, no, no, but I, I, online I... in media outlets, you couldn't say who it was, but online you could. Yeah. And it's like, if everyone says it, then you can't just arrest everyone who's ever said it on Twitter. Exactly, hence the We Are Legion thing yeah. for We Are Many. But it touches upon the WikiLeaks thing as well, which is even bigger, deal with national secrets being released that people should know about. So yeah, it shows a lot of the good side of things that people in the anonymous movement do and it is a bit one-sided but it's well worth checking out so yes lots of documentaries this week sponsored through the magic of netflix uh, not officially of course that would be great netflix if you want to sponsor us send us some codes we will happily uh, let the people join in goodness um but also on netflix this week uh, i saw a, a documentary by uh, denise crosby who you may recognize the name of um she played tasha yar in star trek the next generation and this was the sequel and follow-up to the original documentary trekkies thoroughly enjoyed it as i as i as i tend to do with these documentaries i'm more of a star wars guy than a star trek guy when it comes to my movies and sci-fi but yes uh, basically the documentary followed her going around the world seeing how star trek had influenced different cultures um Literally, they go from the UK to France to Italy. They, they just go to all these places where you wouldn't expect Star Trek to be popular. Lithuania, huge, uh, everywhere. And um, it does make a difference to people's lives. Um, and it also followed up on some of the people they saw on the first documentary, Trekkies. Some of them so bizarre and just such interesting characters. Obviously, uh, it did pay, post some of the, uh, sorry, paint some of the people as a bit nerdy. Unbelievable, huh? <laughs> but, um, Science fiction but fans being all, nerdy. No. Yeah, I know. But all in all, it was a very, very respectful documentary, obviously done with love. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it as a, as a sci-fi documentary. That was Trekkers 2. Both are available now on, uh, yeah. well, on Netflix. I think I've actually watched, um, I think I watched the original a couple of weeks back and it was um, it was all right. It's certainly better than uh, was it the Serenity documentary. I can't remember what that was called, though. Uh, Brown Coats. Oh, or, yeah, 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 yeah. The one... Yeah. I, 
Oh god, Let, if we're going to talk about like Serenity and Firefly, I I, I must admit I'm a, I'm a big fan of Joss Whedon's stuff to a degree. I like I like the way he writes Dr. Horrible Singalong Blog. Was, yeah. Dr. Horrible Singalong Blog was absolutely brilliant. But I, I you know, I I wasn't really that big on Firefly Get and Serenity. Out. I, Get out. I know, no. I know, I know, off. I know. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> Anyone want to be a um, to be part of a podcast? Uh, get in touch at totally insane tape show at gmail.com. I'm well, looking for one now. Like to, if you'd like to back me up, that's totally insane tape show at gmail.com. Um, we can voice your criticism no, no. at Boo's dislike of one of the best shows ever made via Twitter uh, at Tits Podcast. But you have to respect my decision. I tell you why, because I was the man that recommended Ghostwatch to you. Ah. <laughs> oh. Okay, you, you you got a buy on that one. The computer hacker group Anonymous is claiming tonight that it took down the website of the Federal Appeals Court in San Francisco this afternoon. Visa, Mastercard, the PayPal situation. See criminals who hacked into Sarah Palin's private email. No one, you know, in the general public really seems to get it. We've been called kids, we've been called cyberbullies, we've been called hooligans. I got called a terrorist sympathizer. There's unpatriotic. That we're just a bunch of children sitting in our parents' basement. Hey kids, sorry to interrupt this great show, but uh, I need to shield my shit. Um, I'm David Davis, uh, one host of the Milking It podcast, a weekly podcast that tugs the teeth of popular culture until it explodes all over your face. We like nothing better than a natter on whatever's been going down. Do you, do you like Batman? Do you, do you like wrestling? Do you, do you like TV shows or gaming? Do you like movies? Of course you like movies, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to these guys, right? Well, well, join us on the Milking It podcast every week on iTunes or via facebook.com forward slash milking it. Become a milkster, jump on board. Together with myself, Boo and Jay, we can take a peek at the week of geek. Join us on the Milky It podcast. Dino, stick the first tape in. Let's 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 get this uh, let's get this shindig started, yo. Enter Tim Dragon Kelly. He clubbers them up as. Black Belt Jones. I lost three of my best men in there. Now I'm asking you as a favor. You're asking me to be the fourth. Get a couple tanks and blast it down. Forget it, man. I ain't going in there. It's a fortress. Well, fortress or no, it's top priority. <laughs> so am I. It's suicide. Yes, that, that trailer didn't whet your appetite enough. That was... Uh, the sounds of black exploitation kung fu madness in the form of 1974 uh, 1974's Black Belt Jones, starring my man Jim Kelly. What to, what can I say about this movie? This is a um, believe it or not, this is a fairly decent movie. Uh, it's not only a decent entry into the black exploitation genre, but it's also a decent entry into the kung fu movie genre. It's basic basic kung fu movie story. The mafia want to build on this land and everyone is selling up except for one place. And that's the, the, the martial arts school owned by Black Belt Jones's friend. So, of course, the mafia will do anything they can to get their hands on this plot of land. And it's up to Black Belt Jones to stop them and thwart their evil plan once and for all. It's got revenge. It's got a traditional kung fu film story. It's got a strong female lead who don't do no washing up. Um <laughs> 
just a just a real entertainment little bit of schlock there. Uh, I don't know what you thought, Dean, but um, I thought those 87 minutes went past pretty quickly uh, and without too much complaint. And I must say that Jim Kelly for me has always been a very likable lead actor. He's got an, he's got a likable face. He's got a likable demeanour, and I you know and I think I've been a fan since Enter the Dragon. I, I can't actually say anything bad about this film. It's just brilliant. It's weird, isn't it? It's it like... is. It's just one of those. It's like it's a really. I, I, I like black exploitation. I like kung fu films. They're just brilliantly stupid. It's like a basic plot, and it's all about the characters and action, really. And the tone for this one never really drops below the tongue-in-cheek comedy type style of fighting. No, I, I, I mean, mean there's that... like nut shots everywhere. And it's... <laughs> What is it with this show and nutshots? Last week, our Robocop remake. This week, Black Belt Jones. Um, no, but I mean, if I could just... Some of the some of the bits that, that kind of grabbed me in the film is the opening sequence is Black Belt Jones beating the crap out of a load of guys while the, while the intro music's playing and the credits are rolling at the beginning. And it just keeps on slowing down on these great... Uh, it's kind of like freeze frames on these great shots of him just kicking the fuck out of people. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the soundtrack to it. When it kicked in on the, the intro, I was like, ah, oh, it's amazing. Oh, you know, the, the music is fantastic. Um, I'm going to see about putting the, that music underneath this part of the, the show. <laughs> Everyone has to hear it. I mean, I don't know whether, I don't know whether you're into, like, your kind of your old um, funk and stuff. I, I've got very varied music tastes. I do know for a fact that the uh, funk... The, the musical theme was performed by the funk guitarist Dennis Coffey. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, P-Funk and, and uh, <laughs> stupid old-school funk. And, I mean, this soundtrack really was awesome. You, we're talking, like, on a shaft level here. Maybe even on a truck turner level, but let's uh, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. No, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a great movie. I mean, what I love about doing this show with you, Sarah, is that when I do see a movie like this, I often like to learn about surrounding movies or things around it. In the in the late nineties, I was uh, sorry. In the mid nineties, there was a movie called "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker," which was basically a, a send up a send up of movies like Black Belt Jones and Break Train and uh, the Dolomite, and um, that was one of my first jaunts into black exploitation. And what's ironic is I've seen first thing I saw was the parody, and then as time's gone on, I've gone back to see all the films that it's based on. And I noticed that a lot of the guys that were in the in the parody, the it was made by the Wayans brothers, have actually ended up. Um, they were originally the real heroes of black exploitation. There's a famous one called Three the Hard Way, which is again uh, Jim Kelly, and it's kind of got all the uh, the black exploitation heroes of the day. But um, but yes, I, I highly recommend Black Belt Jones, uh, just as a standalone movie. It's uh, it's got action, it's got comedy, whether it means to or not. Um, <laughs> it's cheesy, it's funny, and uh, yeah, some of the dialogue is excellent as yeah. well. Uh, that's what I like about it. It's got that. It never gets too serious. I mean, there's a death in the film and the funeral scenes. Like, I, I don't know, most films you do, the funeral scene is quite sad. This one's kind of upbeat. And you've got the guy standing there doing the karate pose. It's like, you just can't take it seriously. Whether you're supposed no. to or not, I'm not sure. But, yeah. I mean, the only problem with black exploitation films, I mean, I've watched quite a few uh, last year. I mean, I went through the uh, the Shaft, the Dolomite films, um, and then I got through to the newer ones, the ones you're saying, the parody ones. Are you know. talking about, are you, you going to mention my one of my favourite films from the last five years? Uh, what film would that be? Dynamite! Yeah. So I went the other way around, I watched the originals and then the parodies, and I didn't quite like the parodies that much. The Black Dynamite I didn't like too much when I watched it, but now I may have to go back and watch it. Yeah, I'll probably enjoy it more. But yeah, the main gripe I have with the Black Exploitation films is, I don't know if you have this as well, but after you've watched one or two, you have to start speaking like them, and it gets you in trouble. 
I don't like it, boss. It's dark in here. No shit, nigga. Where you from, Harvard? What's that? God damn it, the next one speaks deals with me. Who the fuck hit me? Batman, motherfucker. But yeah, it's definitely a film I'd recommend everybody. Yes, no, totally. Black, Black, Black Bell Jones is definitely, uh, again, it's one of the films that I would chase up, guys. And just on a side note, um, the character of Black Belt Jones didn't die with this one movie. Um, in an interesting twist, there was a sequel called Hot Potatoes, also known as Twist the Tiger's Tail. It was what is considered to be a landmark film for, for a very interesting reason. It's, it came along towards the end of one genre of movie, and help mark the beginning of a new genre of movie. It basically was the end of black exploitation movies and went straight into the kung fu genre, like the legit kung fu adventure genre. Um, in in the movie, it's the same character, Black Belt Jones, and he's aided and abetted by a couple of other kind of uh, adventurous characters. One being from Italy, like, and yeah, it's um, it's interesting that they carry that the, the character was able to transcend genres. But yes, it's definitely one of those movies um, that, that that is worth tracking down and as we said it's 87 minutes of your life that you won't get back but after watching black belt jones you may not want them back so i i, I think that that is a totally insane tape show recommendation for black belt jones cue kung fu noises mm, my jaw's broken i'm getting out i'm getting out i'm behind you boss me too wait man wait following is brought to you by 8o'clockcomics.com, the home of really mature comic books. Definitely having a belt drill, mate. 8o'clockcomics.com, we draw stuff. So this week, Booley, I don't know if you noticed this one, but there was some award ceremony in Hollywood. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Yes, yes, I know exactly the one you're talking yep, about. Yep. And poor old Leonardo DiCaprio didn't get his... Didn't get his Oscar, and they would. Oh yeah, the the, the famous selfie and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. what a load of old bollocks. Yeah, anyway, we here at the Totally Insane Tape Show don't really pay no mind to that show. No, the big award ceremony. We're more interested in the other one, Golden Raspberry Awards. Ah, uh, the Razzies. Yes. Uh, do you see who won what big at the this award ceremony? You know, I did see who won big at this ceremony, and 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 unbelievably, I I uh, I watched a movie. Uh, <laughs> I call it a movie. <laughs> Um, what what I find very hard to believe is that um, this year at the at the Golden Razzies, um, Golden Raspberries even, movie forty three picked up worst director, not for the one director of this movie, but for the thirteen directors that managed to make the abomination that is movie forty three. I'm unbelievable. Um, You're not like any of it. Yes, then. I, I, did... I mean there was like many, 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 many. Many scenes in that film. You didn't like any of them. Yeah, there was. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a bit of a comedy Nazi. There we go. I've said it. I, a lot of it was very predictable, but what was making me angry was it was so bad, and it still got the budget. And it, there are so many good films not being made, and that is one of the films that gets made in its place. Just made me mad. You know, it was so bad, it was bad. <laughs> See, I watched it, and I like maybe one scene in it. That was the very last one. The one with the animated dog? Yeah, I think it was the animated dog. It could have been a cat. 
had that much of an impact on me. Yeah, no, I must admit, I, I lost interest completely in that. Yeah, that, that fully deserved the Razzie Award. Absolutely. But, yeah, the next film, uh, do you believe this guy earned the Razzie? Whoa, 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 no. No, you're not going to tell me that my new hero <laughs> earned a Razzie. Yeah. This, this, yep. this, no, no, no. Combine the power of gymnastics with the force of karate and an all-new martial art is born. Jim Kata, Kurt Thomas, three-time world gymnastics champion, takes on a secret mission for the United States government. His only weapon, Jim Kata. And that's all he needs, Jim Kata. In 1980, there was one name on everyone's lips. Well, it would have been if you are into gymnastics. That name was Kurt Thomas. He was the hottest thing going, having won the first gold medal for an American male athlete in the World Championships two years prior, and adding two more to that tally the following year. He was a shoe-in to win gold for the American team at the turn of the decade at the big one, the Olympics. Unfortunately for him, the 1980s Games were held in Moscow, Russia, a country that was at war at the time with Afghanistan. And because of this, 65 countries actually boycotted the Games, including America meaning Kurt Thomas would never go to the dance. With the Games only happening every four years, this is unfortunate, and the next time the Olympic Games were held in 1984, in the setting of Los Angeles, Kurt Thomas wasn't there. However, he was chosen by the US government to travel to the land of Palmistan to compete in a deadly competition called The Game, so that they could secure the land to build a satellite monitoring station to track nuclear missiles. Now, if the last part of that sounded like the plot to a bad film, you'd be right. That's the plot to the film Jim Carter, a film released in 1985 starring Turk Thomas as a world-class gymnast, Jonathan Cabot, sent off to a dangerous foreign land to compete in a deadly game, THE GAME, so the American government can keep an eye on them pesky Russians' nuclear vessels. And it's shot in glamorous Yugoslavia, the film won Thomas a Razzie Award for Worst Newcomer, which was a fair replacement for that missing gold medal from the Olympics. So boo, Jim Carter, how does it rank on your list of the best films ever? <laughs> first time I saw Jim Carter, um, I was not only impressed with the, the with the passionate lack of acting lessons, the uh, the amazing way that they rushed everything. I mean, within the first nine minutes, we get a training montage thing. We have the gusset. I mean, it was just so. <laughs> the gusset. About this film. <laughs> everything about this movie screams bad but you know what against all odds it has gone on to become a very special movie in my heart because i have not seen this movie once no 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 three times the lady this week um i have managed to get in a watch of jim carter i love this film kurt thomas is my new hero and um you know you can't jim carter all the skills of gymnastics with all the kills of karate i mean this movie was i it had just the most ridiculous plot ever. And then in in the last 20 minutes, they're like, shit, we need to finish the story. Quick, quick, just just finish everything. Just just tie it all together. From the hilarious action sequences to the misjudged casting to the to the to the wacky setting to the to the to the plot going off in like six different directions to the random crazy princess to the villagers to the you know the with the pitchforks. I mean just just a clusterfuck of goodness for me. This whole movie was just so... It, it, it ranks in that, goes beyond... It, it, it traverses 
beyond just being a bad movie and becomes so badly good it's epic i know that that's a lot of alliteration but it just is so guys you've got to see it to believe it and believe me after watching it you will believe in kurt thomas you will believe yeah, that's in it. Jim i mean Carter. the fight scenes in it are just sort of equally lame and impressive with all the flips and the flops but there's no intensity or emotion in them it's just impressive to watch him do all these things it's like that's amazing i don't know why yeah <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you remember from last week's episode, but um, I think when you suggested Jim Carter, I said this. So um, we're talking uh, Kung Fu kicks off the hobby horse kind of thing. <laughs> yes, I remember you saying that. Well, um, that wasn't the only uh, thing I could have guessed at. I think um, the very, very, very well strategically and very lucky that they were there parallel bars in the in the alleyway scene where he accidentally he kicks the bad guys and then kicks a civilian right <laughs> in the face. It made me laugh. The, the, the scene set in the village where one of the centerpieces of this village um, happens to be what can only be described as the as the most luckily placed. Uh, it's not a hobby horse, is it? It's a pommel yeah, horse. Pommel horse. It's pommel horse. There is a pommel horse just in the fucking middle of the town. They all come at um, our hero with, like, spears and staffs, and he still manages to kick them away. Can I just can I just say so as well? Just because um, when I was watching it, um, as a big video games fan, um, I love Resident Evil 4, and one of the main parts that always stuck out for me in Resident Evil 4 was the bit at the beginning where you go through the, the village yeah. and you're being chased by the crazed villagers with pitchforks and they're all kind of demented. If that didn't influence. Uh, sorry, if Jim Carter, there was, there's a, uh, sorry, to, to, to reiterate, in Jim Carter, there is a very long fight scene where it's taking part in a village full of deranged villagers with pitchforks. And um, I it literally just took me straight into Resident Evil 4. And I, I mean, if the guys at Resident Evil were not inspired, no one's going to say that, are they? You know, Resident Evil, what were your main inspirations? Uh, well, you know, George A. Romero zombie films, uh, we were a big fan of those. Oh, and Jim Carter. <laughs> Definitely, uh, that whole scene was like out of a horror film. It belonged in a different film entirely. It belonged, but it was really, it was really good though. That yeah. scene. That's what. I, if it wasn't for the deer in headlights look of Kurt Thomas. No, he's definitely the least um, uh, imposing uh, film hero ever. I think the emotionless voice delivery gives Hayden Christensen in Phantom Menace a run for its money. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, Hayden Christensen should have got an Oscar compared to to Kurt Thomas for that. And <laughs> um, just. Just on a side note, because as I say, I always like to learn a little bit about... It's a learning experience, this podcast for me, is when you recommend me a film, I don't just want to watch the film, I want to know about it, who made it, and I also like to know some of the stuff surrounding it. Now, what, one of the things I found out that I was fascinated by was, was the man himself, Kurt Thomas. Kurt Thomas actually invented a, a floor move called the Thomas Salto, which is, uh, I think it's like a double actually, back I don't think he invented it, it was invented, but he was the first one to actually perform it. Right, yeah. okay, sorry, there's me talking about education. Um, <laughs> well, it's the thing, is, like, he was the first one to perform it, but the idea was there or what it was. But the rest of the story goes that he was named, that there was named for him, the Thomas Salto, because he's the only human to do it in a competition and survive intact. <laughs> um, there has been one or two recorded deaths and a few um, unfortunate accidents that have caused... Um, you know, paralysis to the to the person trying it. 
So, uh, I mean, this guy, I mean, this isn't just gymnastics. This is extreme gymnastics. And the thing is, that, that scene is... where he does the Thomas Salto, he does it four times, and it's in a completely throwaway scene of the film. It's not like in the big fight scene, it's just him wooing the girl. Yeah, he just does it to impress And admittedly, uh, the chick the does drop her pants for it. Uh, yeah, she's a weird chick as well. She keeps on attacking him to show him that you can't trust anyone. And with, you know, with, a, with merely a few weeks of training, he had her knickers down and he was in there. And they didn't exchange any boy. words at all. No, no words were needed. Just do a flip. <laughs> so, we could learn just from that. Just do a flip. We could learn from that. That's why our wrestling career is floundered. So. <laughs> do a flip. No. <laughs> oh, but no, um, I, I just want to thank you, Dino, for, 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 for letting Jim Carter into my life. Um, just, just loved every minute of it. Um, from the training montage to the fight scenes to the to end the where they actually take part to the gusset, gusset to the end where they actually takes part in the game. Um, meets his his presumed dead father, only for his father to then die. Um, just before the, I mean, the last, as I said, the last five or ten uh, minutes of the movie is what should have been the last hour of the movie, and they managed to get in a shitload. Um, I, I literally could not recommend this film enough. If you're into the kind of shit that we are, I just can't recommend Jim Carter enough. But, and uh, just thank you, Dean, but for allowing Jim Carter to not only uh, salto its way into my movie collection, but it's going to flip-flop and remain there for a long time. So um, I appreciate that recommendation. You're welcome. Except for uh, Trolls too, doesn't it? <laughs> That's my got for Trolls too. <laughs> Can we just give a shout out to Deborah Reed, who played uh, the wit- the witch uh, in Troll Two, for uh, for plugging the for plugging the podcast? And I, I presume she's had a listen and enjoyed. And we want to thank you for getting on our Twitter. Um, if it's good enough for the actors and actresses of the films we're reviewing, it's good enough for you people. That's Tits Podcast at uh, Twitter. Give us a follow. Go on, please. please, please. Go on, please, please. please. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to beg you. Please! You okay? Okay? Are you okay? This episode of the Totally Insane Tape Show is brought to you by Nigerian Guinness and Subway. Okay, we don't actually have a sponsor. But if you'd like to contact us at the Totally Insane Tape Show at gmail.com and you throw us a few quid, we'll plug your shit. Okay? I was going to say, we'll even make the adverts ourselves. Yes, we will. This is also the address you can get in touch with us regarding anything we've talked about on this show or the previous shows. And if you'd like to get in touch with us on Twitter, it's at titspodcast. Now let's get the uh, films lined up for the next show, shall we? What have you got for me, Boo? Uh, well, Dean, I thought let's leave planet Earth for the for the next episode. Um, we've we've grounded ourselves this week with Jim Carter and Black Belt Jones, so I thought let us take the fight into outer space. Um, I challenge you, sir, to watch a little known 1985 film made by the same director as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Tobe or Toby Hooper, um, and starring my personal favourite captain uh, of all time, Captain from Kirk. Star- Captain Kirk. Uh, Captain we Kirk. Both know the- Hard was the superior officer. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you little-known sci-fi nugget, Life Force. Hmm. Okay. Any more information? Check that shit out. Uh, none at all. Um, <laughs> just, 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 
just think horror film set in space. Horror film in space, okay. Cool. It, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of got like a kind of vampy twist. Interesting. Interesting is the fact that the film I was going to pitch you has uh, vampires in space as well. Vampires in space? Yep, I've had this one lined up since uh, the conception of the show, actually, because this is one of my personal favourite bad movies. Uh, I watched it a while ago on Netflix, and yeah, I recommend it to everybody because it is so fucking bad. Okay, Dracula 3000. Okay, now I've seen Dracula 2000, the worst Craven movie. Yeah. Is this a follow-on? No, or... no, it's not. It, it's, it, it's not a sequel to Dracula 2000. I hadn't seen the thousand movies set between 2000 and 3000, so is there going to be some major plot points I'm missing? Um, well, we've we, we're on spaceships now, and there is a planet Transylvania. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, planet Transylvania. It sounds like something out of Rocky Horror. Well, yeah. yeah. It is <laughs> the horror. In I... more ways than one. Okay, I will. Uh, I, by the sound of it, next week's uh, episode is brought to you by uh, Vampires in Space. So next week, it looks like we are doing a space vampire special. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's all we've got time for this week on the Totally Insane Tape Show, Dean. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, checking out Black Belt Jones half as much as I enjoyed uh, checking out Jim Carter. I don't think that's possible, um, though. I don't think that's possible either. So next week we'll be reviewing Dracula 3000 and Toe Pooper's Life Force. So, so until then, thanks for listening. Don't forget to get in contact. You've been given the address and the email address numerous times, numerous times throughout the show. So um, if you would, if you want to send us anything, just listen to the show again and then you'll, you'll get the address. Send us anything, any recommendations, any films you want us to review, let us know. If you want us to suffer in silence, don't let us know. Uh, so, from myself, Ulamon, and Mr. Dino Peppers, I want to thank you for joining us for this week's uh, Insane Tape Show. Dean? Yeah, thanks for joining us. Exactly. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye-bye. Dynamite! Dynamite!